Hello, this is Kelly McGee, and it is October the 14th, 2020, and I'm glad that I had the opportunity to post those other two podcasts to you. Um, They personally are my favorite people, and so I have next, it's called The Hidden King. She said there was something very strange about the way they were talking. Oh. 
So she contacted the police immediately. Okay. And the police said, we don't actually have any policemen on duty at the moment on Oxford Street. What? Which was a very strange thing to hear. It's one of the busiest streets in London. Well, I got jumped by six six people um, claiming to be police officers, and they weren't. But they'd obviously but listened they in on a conversation or something where on that particular officers. day we were moving uh, we were moving money around. And uh, oh when I when I say we are moving money around, I hope I do the planning, and I've got teams who work for me who come from backgrounds like your own. Mm-hmm. Okay. Boys who are absolutely. If you want to move some down here, you're more than more than welcome, Charlie. <laughs> Not my money, Chris. If it was, I would certainly do so. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was the encrypted phones that, that the authorities, from what I understand from on the inside, they had accessed the information four years ago and have been tracking them. For but they hadn't been able to, to put the pieces together until about two years ago. Um, so these lads that thought they were invincible on these phones, um, everything was being recorded everywhere. Mm-hmm. I've learned that. I've learned that uh, in the last few years that you, um, it, you're not even safe talking face to face with people nowadays because they've got drones, microphones they can drop in 300 meters on a fish wire mm-hmm. right above your head, and you can't see it. It's just like a fly. Hmm. Yes, of course. It's, um a couple of my guests lately I've spoken to have said, if you knew the technology we had 30 years ago that they that was kept secret, then you, you wonder what, you know, what they might, might have now sort of thing. But my answer to everyone is easy, because it's all in here. If you want yeah. to know what's going on in the world or you want a rough approximation, why our language is changing, why we're not, why these phrases that have, that have come into play are there, why everything's been turned on its head, so stuff that's bad for you is now good for you, it's it's all in George Orwell or Eric Blair's 1984, it's incredibly frightening for those of us that, that read that book 20 or 30 years ago, thought, oh it's just a book. And to see that the totalitarian agenda come into play, and to see the people begging for it, um, should we start by talking about this Q phenomenon? Yeah, by all means. Um, not that we haven't started yet, Charlie, but it. Uh, it well, what's your take? Well, one. I, I became aware of Q two, two years ago. And when I became aware of Q, I wanted to investigate what exactly it was and what were its roots and foundations. And I managed to trace it all the way back to 1962 when it was created. And that was as far as I could go to find out. And I've now since learned that, it, that there is there was ideas it might have started before that. But it was created by John F. Kennedy because he believed that they were trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. So he had a group of people that were confidants that he could trust with information to get it out there in case yes. anything happened to him. And they worked with inside the walls of the, of the White House. 
Now, in America, they tend to have letters, like Q and M, and all this, whereas in England, we tend to have numbers, 007, whatever. And this was a group of people that he just trusted. Now, when he did get killed in 1963, they tried to get the message out, but every time they tried to get the truth out, one of them was killed. So they went to ground. And they went to ground for a number of years. They tried to raise their head in 2001, after September the 11th. And again, whoever was at the head of it was just disappeared, were never seen. So that I think they, from what I understand from the inside information, they sort of regrouped but decided to keep very low profile. And then four years ago, they decided to make themselves aware, more, more visually aware. Now, the people that were putting out the information, which we now call Q-drops, they were far more encrypted and far more geared for people like yourself with a military background that could encrypt decipher what they were actually putting. And my first um, sight into Q-Drops two years ago, I was like, whoa, what's that about? Mm -hmm. Because it was all codes and symbolism and numer numerology. I was like, wow. And you could see the matching up things that were saying. And then what, what actually got me was the fact that there was Q-Drops coming in and then two days later, Trump was saying exactly what was in the queue drop two days ago. And then suddenly I woke up and went, something to this. And then it was pointed out to me as well on the journey that JFK's burial site in, the, in America is in the shape of a queue. And you can see that on Google Earth. Go onto Google Earth and type in JFK burial site. And it will take you to the burial site and you'll see the queue. The other interesting one that I have somebody brought to me the other day, um, Princess Diana's burial site is also in the shape of a cube. Hmm. Is that because so stuff buried on, on an island? That's right, with a lake around it with a cube. There's, there's some pretty weird stuff around Diana's death oh, yeah. on the yes. one hand you know I've, she was you know, taken on the one hand what we had the media saying it was this pap paparazzi right which mm -mm, i think we all know now anything the media just simply not, not i mean I, my, my, my ground rule and you, i'm sure you've heard me say it is i do not believe a single thing in the media because no. they don't the media don't like me they work for a sociopathic nutcase yeah. elite, a bunch of psychopaths that hate me and hate my family so why are they going to tell me the truth in their media channels that they're, 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 they're clearly not and even if they do tell the truth they wrap it in their own layer their own delivery mechanism to su to suit their own agenda but going back to, to who is this? Diana, just it's just some interesting stuff. When you when you get yeah, into the the um, historical side, and Diana was a Greek, the goddess of hunting. Yeah. And when she had her, they had her and Charles had their wedding, um, their honeymoon. They had the photo shoot at the hunting lodge 
in this one of their Scottish um, Scottish uh, estates, right? Sorry, the names. Balmoral. Was it? Was it? Yeah, Balmoral. I think it was Balmoral, right? And in that picture, Diana has a, what appears to be a jumper with the. I, I, I might be wrong here, but it looks like the Egyptian hunting dog. Is it not okay. as Iris, but uh, it, 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 uh, I'm, yeah. I am, I am sort of chucking a few two and twos together here, and I'm not trying to come up with four or five, but I'm, I'm just saying it all gets a bit. You know, when you think about the um, ritual sacrifice that a lot of these sociopaths are allegedly into, then it. It, it opens your eyes up to a parallel world, Charlie. Would you agree? Totally, totally, totally. Like, I'm finding out stuff that I just could not believe to oh. start with. Oh, sorry, sir. That was the point I was making. And where she was buried on, on was it the Althorpe Estate? Yeah. That island was where they buried their dogs. Yeah. Their, their pets, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm just making... And then in the car, the white Fiat Uno that was seen, yeah. that came yeah. out of the junction, yeah. and that yeah. is what made the Mercedes have to make that first swerve, yeah. which then threw it off balance and it hurtled down the tunnel, you know, into the post at, at 80 mile an hour. The, the, the chap in the Uno, who they later traced to a, uh, it was an, uh, an immigrant, That's right. had a dog in the passenger seat, right? Yeah. Just, I'm just, just pointing these things. I mean, yeah. there's a whole lot of other weird stuff, like the fact that the ambulance took God knows how long to get to the the hospital, and there's there's rumours. Let's just call them rumours that it stopped off on the way to the hospital. Um, all this kind of thing, but yeah, going going back to the Q Q thing, Charlie. It's there's just always so much more going on isn't there yeah and the, the, the thing is is like I'm a bit like a naughty little boy that's been locked in his parents bedroom been locked down for four months now pretty much like I work in the Middle East but I can't travel there um, so I start looking in cupboards that I shouldn't look in and looking in drawers that I shouldn't look in I'm finding stuff I never thought was there and I'm, I'm I'll be honest with you I'm absolutely loving it because it's saving my boredom and I haven't turned my telly on. I turned it on the other day just to watch um, the football. But even the football without a crowd is a bit boring now. Um, it's Look, it's been an amazing journey and I've learned so much. about. Look, I started this journey four months ago with 37 subscribers. For some reason, people have connected. I went over 60,000 yesterday, I think it was over 60. I looked this morning, 62,000 or something. That's incredible for a 60-year-old granddad who's got no experience in presenting or anything. I'm just giving my view. Like, Sorry? I think like me, Charlie, it's the devastating good looks. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I was told the other day I've got a face that looks lived in. Whatever that face that looks lived in. Goodbye. <laughs> By somebody that was watching us, but like, like you and I, look, we've we've had some fun in our lives. We've had a roller coaster. I remember the days I had 15 years where I was thought I was sponsored by Dyson, 
uh, was just uh, having, you know, in Portobello's every night of my life, and it was an amazing time. In fact, that was the last time I was in hospital. I had two weeks on a bender uh, with a group of girls that were over, and um, I was out all night champagne, cocaine, and partying, and then working in the daytime, and I, I didn't go to bed for two weeks. And then when they all buggered off home, I was found unconscious and taken into hospital. Um, apparently I ripped the shit out of the magnesium and calcium and everything in my body and all, all the minerals were shot to pieces. And, um, even even that I escaped after a week with, and I was running down the road with my drip because they wouldn't, they wouldn't let me out. I said, no, I'm fine. Let me get back to normal life and let me look after my body. And eight years ago, I turned from being a bit of a naughty boy to being a, a better behaved boy because I got together about nine years ago now with my wife who's a, an international gymnast for many many years international in her own country and then in the circus for another ten years so she looks after her body her body's a temple and she sort of gradually convinced me I need to look after mine and it, your body's an amazing thing once you start looking after it mm-hmm. it'll look after you mm-hmm. and I've learned eating healthy food and we eat everything everything is fresh in the house now fresh vegetables fresh fruit fresh everything it makes a massive difference eating good food one point I'm going to make that you made earlier which I loved about all these vaccines and stuff like that in my little journey one of my favourite pieces of information I absolutely love is that if you get a lemon and make sure there's no wax on it because all the modern lemons are covered in wax make sure it's an organic or uh, the normal lemon without any protection on it put it in the freezer then grate it in the morning and put it on a salad or put it into something just eat it 400 times stronger than chemotherapy for, uh, for, for, for curing cancer and then you start digging around doing a bit of research and you find out that Bill Gates tried to patent the lemon 10 years ago because he realised it was a threat to his is vaccines and you can't I, I laugh for, for a whole day just thinking about the principle that he tried to patent a lemon yeah and I just came up with the theory it's not very he's funny. a lemon he's a jerk yes again this goes back to what I was saying lemon and lime are the only yeah. the only two fruit that are alkalizing on the body all the other, all the other fruit is loaded lemon. with sucrose which is just a yeah. form of sugar sugar yeah. obviously highly acidic That's hence why it rots Lots of yeah. tape, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Gosh, we're all getting there, but this is all stuff that's been hidden from us, Charlie, all of our lives. They tried to kill us. You know? I, I agree with you totally, because a lemon doesn't cost anything. I mean we lemon Yeah, we tried to kill ourselves as well, but you know that's a that's yeah. another Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. That's but if you a lemon a lemon with Manchester. water and bicarbonate of soda at night before you go to bed puts your body in an alkaline state and it also means that the virus and cancers can't exist they can't thrive yeah I gotta get now let's just talk about Boris because I remember an interesting thing I don't know if you clock this Charlie but this kind of Luciferian doctrine agenda seems to make people it seems to give them little tasks that they've got to go and do if they want to you know get their permission in the pyramid yeah 
and often it involves there's uh, a, a ritual humiliation which is your celebrity breaking down in public or running onto a Oscars set or a music ceremony trying to grab the award off another you know off another uh, uh, another member let, let's say yeah and don't ask me why they do it I, they, they, it's the same as that the, the seem to make men particularly black men wear women's dresses on television and, and in, a, in, a, in a film and if you think that sounds crazy folks just 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 google it click yeah. images and it, it's a it's very bizarre right yeah but going back to this kind of humiliation thing before that shooting in las vegas which was a, um, a hotel, and the hotel was called the Mandalay Hotel, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. And I'm not making any claims here, not, because this isn't the platform to do so, but it was in the run-up the few days before that Boris was in Mandalay, it's Burma, isn't it? Mandalay, yeah. yeah. He was, so he was there in Burma. So I'm just looking at my my map. Um, yeah. He's there in Burma on an official visit, and he visited some sort of uh, s- statue, I think it was. And he was there with the British ambassador. Uh, again, sorry if I haven't got the specifics right. My memory's probably not what it used to be. <laughs> um, but they walk, they're rocking up to this on this official engagement and Boris starts reciting is it the Kipling poem on the poem on the road to Mandalay yeah which if I understand correctly in this day and age would come across as quite uh, British colonial racist right yeah and this the ambassador to goes like almost sort of yeah nudges him in the elbows goes shut up and you see Boris go, you know, do his usual. Well, interesting, because again, part of the Luciferian agenda is is you have to put out in public what you're going to do before you do it. So if you're going to commit a certain act on the public, you have to put it in their faces first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't do it. I don't know what happens if someone challenges that act. Whether that means they can't go ahead with their, their you know, their, their, their power play. But, but anyway. So there was a couple of things going on there. One, it could have been pure coincidence. Of course, of course, it could, right? Um, two, it, it could have been this humiliation, like this humili- humiliation. Thing. I, I'm just coming up with, with ideas. I'm not saying this is what I believe, right? Sure. No, no, no. Three, it could have been the, the putting it in plain sight thing that I've just talked about. Yeah. But lo and behold, what happens to Boris the next year or, or, or whatever, becomes Prime Minister of the UK, like his little pat on the head yeah. reward, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. then, of course, then, of course, going back, relating it back to the queue, there's another. Um, possibility is that he was kind of giving a bit of a warning there, right? Yeah, ducking a, 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 a you know a, a clue out for the masses. Um, 
past. It, it's, all, it's all fascinating, and I, I love talking to somebody like yourself who has a military mind, because I would have overlooked that until somebody points out and you go, yeah, do you know what, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and one thing that's, that's discussion between people like you and I um, is doing now is, is making sense of what's going on. Um, and one thing I've learned with trying to make a puzzle, in the box that I've got, I've got probably the pieces of three or four puzzles. And some pieces seem as if they fit, but they're not right. Some pieces fit and they're upside down. So you need to get people with a clear mind and a clear perspective to make sure you've got the right picture. And that's what I'm trying to do by talking to everybody, is try and make out what the picture is. And it's incredibly difficult because of the smoke, the mirrors, the deceit, the fact that mainstream have an agenda and they have a, a mandate to stick to their story. It's difficult. With regard to Boris, I know that it was a critical part for him to be in power. And I've, I've said in the, in, in the whole conversation before, um, the day we start thinking our votes matter, it's amazing that for, for years I've, I've assisted in moving currency around the world to make sure certain get masks. power comes from certain countries. I never dreamt that it was, that they had so much control over the UK and America as well. You know, they told, they told me six years ago that they were going to get Trump into power. Before he was even in the running, really. There was all part of a master plan. And it's, it's a military operation. And if I'm to believe them, they're ahead of the game right now. That's, that's come directly from somebody who I know. Are we allowed to kind of outline who these people are without... Yeah, he's, a, he's an ambassador for the US. So he's of a good standing. I've known him for 12 years. Maybe more. I say 12 years because of the fact that I've known him for a considerable amount of time before I met my wife. I said that I said 12 years the other day and the guy said, no, 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 mate, we've known each other 19 years. I said, okay. But there's a period of life before I met my wife and the years sort of blended into one. <laughs> so uh, time, time was, uh, time was, uh, uh, was, was different in those days. Because we have to remember that JFK gave, you know, no disrespect, especially in the, the light of the current, you know, Black Lives Matter situation, no disrespect to Martin Luther King, but it was JFK that warned of the deeper, darker agenda, wasn't mm -hmm. it? In his famous speech. It, it's so haunting, that speech, that I did wonder if it was faked, you know, whether it was some sort of voiceover somebody had done. But when he's talking about there are people amongst us that don't have a... I, I'm, paraphrasing but they don't have our best interests at heart they work to their own agenda you know um that's something that i did some research on recently because i was gobsmacked to find out that people who funded black lives matter is george soros and the Clinton foundation i thought well they're not black and then all the money that comes out of black lives matter goes to the joe biden campaign i went what? i don't remember him being black either and it starts ringing alarm bells. Why are they doing it? 
And then the other thing I, I, I dislike, um, every life matters. And the reality is, Chris, I've traveled all over the world like you have. There's not one black lad I don't like. In fact, the only black lads I don't like work in, in, in government, mainly. Um, but every normal human being I, I get on great with, whether they're Indian, whether they're black, whether they're Chinese, Japanese, Russian, doesn't matter to me. They're just yeah. human beings. I don't, I don't see the colour as being an issue. Right. And on the odd occasion, on the odd occasion, I'll get some black guy that's got, and they normally come from England, born in England. They've got a big chip on their shoulder. And if they've got a big chip on their shoulder, I just point out and say, well, maybe, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe you are different to me. <laughs> I've got nothing against black people, nothing against any race of people in the world. And I've said it a few times as a joke. I said, if you want to look for all the naughty black people, they're nearly all in gangs. If you want to look for the naughty white people, they're all in Parliament. <laughs> yes, it's it, it's just so obvious to the outside informed observer. This is order out of chaos, isn't it? You know, it is. lock everybody up, then create an incident which ordinarily wouldn't probably wouldn't have made the. the television in the old days it would have been hidden from the tv you know um thrust it out on all the mainstream channels and then watch everybody rip themselves to pieces again the people that control the history control the future so this is all the statues being ripped down i'm not saying you know you know we got quite a few well we got at least two very famous slave traders come from Plymouth, right? Yeah. And there's statues, there's even wine bars named after these guys, and I always think that's just like... Are you in Plymouth? How arrogant can you be to name your wine bar after the most prolific slave trader in the world? And that's what, what we had in Plymouth, right? And so, of course, nobody agrees with that, but uh, the you know, we have to be careful because history is written by the winners anyway. And without going too deep into that, again, because of the platform we're on, people would be so surprised if, if they, if they, if they knew our real history and not this sham that, that, that we, we spout as if we're all freaking heroes, you know, Um, you'd understand how the power balance in the world is maintained yeah. until until we question that history and we ask for facts instead of just drama and name calling yeah I, you know our, our children's uh, their futures doomed you know I'm going to mention one name um, that I've met in my life that was completely different as a person from what the mainstream media told us about to what he was as a, as a man, as a human being. And I had the privilege of meeting him in Dubai, and that was Osama bin Laden. I know, I still know his family. The man is six foot seven tall, had a quiet, beautiful way about him. Hmm. Very humble, and just a very nice man. I mean, a really, really nice man. I was in shock after leaving his company. Um, number one, by his height, but number two, by his kindness and generous generosity of spirit as a man. 
where you come from, your religion, the faith, that's all made to divide us. Um, and it, that again, I've had a number of debates in the Middle East because my wife is Muslim, I'm Christian. They were saying, oh, you can't marry her you know, unless you're a Muslim. I said, it doesn't say that in the Quran, it doesn't say it in the Bible, that's made up rules by a man. And you see all these rules that are made up by man to divide. And when you and I grew up, we had uh, Protestant fighting Catholic in Ireland. Same Bible, same God, different perspectives. I'll go kill you. What a load of bollocks. And then you've got the, the, the battle between Christian and Muslim, the battle between Sunni and Shia. All these different things, man-made Sunny creations. Sunni and Shia? Big man-made creations. <laughs> Sunni um, and Shia. I don't believe in religion, I'm going to be brutally honest. I was born and brought up in a very strict cult, um, but uh, I don't believe in it. I believe in faith. I believe in karma. Mm. Yeah, I've been involved in some cults, not 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 intentionally. You don't get into a cult intentionally, no, but exactly. when, when you see some of the structures, some of the very popular structures in our society actually work along the lines of, you know, if you get made to be afraid to leave an organization, that's a cult tactic, you know? Yeah, yeah it is. You face mass, uh, you know, mass public flogging by your peers for, for having a disagree, you know, for dis having a different opinion. A that's a cult, and that Being can't, dissonant. if you think, think about that, then applies to quite a few institutions that we, we kind of laud. Um, yes, the whole Osama thing was interesting because, of course, while the events in New York were taking place, he was in the American hospital in, was it Dubai? Yeah. Um, if the if the media was to be believed, I don't mean the mainstream now, I'm saying that it was in some, was it a magazine that he was had very ill with, with, I think it was kidney problems. Yeah, he was getting dialysis. And he was in the American hospital in Dubai being right. looked after. Right. Um, and then we had that situation where they had a no-fly zone after what I call what happened in New York. And yet, amongst the first people allowed to leave was the Bin Laden family. Was the, 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 if, if you believe your mainstream, the biggest suspects in, in the yeah. biggest atrocity of, all, of, of our modern times were allowed yeah. to just get on a plane and fly out the country. Anyway, I don't want. Well, they were business partners with the Bushes, and that's very public knowledge, anyway. Yeah, of course. And uh, yeah, well, I've learned some wonderful things from the Islamic world, Charlie. Uh, they're, they're great people. There's good and bad in everything. Yeah, in everything. It really is that situation where they give you when you're traveling in these parts of the world. They give you their bed, and they sleep on the floor, right? be unheard of in the UK unheard of to take a complete stranger off the street with a different skin colour invite them into your home feed them your best food and this, these are places that don't have a lot of money yeah totally then give them your bed and then tell them they're welcome back at any time and please please stay please stay right yeah yeah just another couple of silly things. We got a rule in our family, you never play with food. You either eat it or you don't, that's it, right? Same, same, same. And we do that, and I learned that from, from traveling in, in- Exactly right. I learned that traveling in, in the Middle East because 
when food is a scarcity and it is a gift from God or nature or whatever your thing is, right? And there's children dying because they haven't got any of that food and, and, and adults dying, starving to death. You don't be like, you see these TV programs and YouTube channels where they just lay out a whole banquet and then destroy it and it all gets put, oh. it all gets put in the bin. What's wrong? In, in, in our culture, we don't understand what a crime you know, what an absolute crime that is to be smug making a two-minute blubbing YouTube video and destroying all this this food. Um, even, like, they wouldn't throw a, you know, when you say, Charlie, chuck us a bread roll, and we will, we will just do that without thinking. They, they won't they even, do. they respect life so much, right? And also, and we're not talking about, it, you know, radical extremists here, of course, no. And the other thing is, you can be in the poorest village, say in Mozambique, which is an Islamic country, and the kid, right, will get his bread roll out, and the first thing he does is break it in half and gives you half, right? I'm trying to get that adopted with my son, you know, that that philosophy, but he's fine, but he's in this Western thing of, break off the little breadcrumb and they are dad <laughs> yeah so so now, my, my wife is is muslim but non-practicing her mother lives with us is muslim but but practices and uh just to keep her company because she looks after our house you know i'm very blessed uh, all the food is provided and it's stunning food uh, my yeah. wife's originally from turkey that's why when you did the interview with Robbie, she fell in love because Robbie's wife is, is a percentage Turkish as well. So you love that. So with with regard to the food, um, everything's provided in the house. She looks after us, but I also, instead of her being alone during Ramadan, eating at night alone and eating early hours of the morning, I, I'm a bit like you, I love the mornings. So I'd get up in the morning and uh, at four o'clock in the morning and have breakfast with her. And I'd try and do Ramadan. Then my wife stopped me after a week because I was an absolutely grumpy so-and-so because I wasn't getting enough food. But I was trying to do it out of respect and to keep her company. But I still did it when I ate in the day, but uh, discreetly. But uh, it was important to, to show respect. And I think this is something that we all need to learn right now with every culture in the world and every color in the world is the word respect for the other human beings that are out there. It doesn't matter what religion they are. It doesn't matter what colour they are. They're with respect. White people, the minute the sun comes out, try and look black. Black people try and look white, as Michael Jackson taught us. But so we're just all human beings. Michael Jackson. And once we learn to respect impaled. each other on that level, and don't play into the narrative that's going on out there, the political narrative, to divide us, which then makes us easier to control. They killed them. Divide and rule. Divide and conquer. Um, because if we all rose up together against the government, they'd be in trouble. So if we're divided, it makes us easier to manage. Yeah, this I think we need to elucidate on our terminology here, though, mate, because government, full stop, puppets for the sociopathic yep. rich bloodline families that have been controlling the narratives for thousand, you know, going back to the pyramids, right? Back in their day, they used to sacrifice people, and that would keep the population terrified. And who would yeah. 
just, you know, and they would control through their um, false religion, you know, their, 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 their religious leaders that would come up with this Mickey Mouse story and the people would, would kind of believe it. And not a lot has changed there uh, with respect to, to um, you know, a lot, a lot of people's beliefs in the, in, in, in the world. But, yeah, it's, it's above the government, Charlie, isn't it? It's understanding that they fulfill one role, that's to give you the illusion that you live in a democracy. And yeah. George Carlin would say, you don't, and they don't like you, so get over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. George Carlin, right, I, I read this quote the other day, it really made me chuckle. He said, if you think that the average man is not that smart, we just think that 50% again are even more stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I will hold my hand up and say, you know, before the events in New York, I, I was that person, you know. I used to, I used to, I probably started questioning things just because I've, I've been through my sort of drug phase then and I've been in combat and, and, and maybe, you know, all the seeds were sort of sown in my life to, to be a thinker, but it really took that mass event for me to go, huh? What? Yeah. Hang yeah. on a second. Someone's not telling the truth, and that 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 was my kind of introduction to the rabbit hole, I suppose. Yes, and I think also, again, I'm very privileged because of who I work with to actually know people who are actually involved in it. Um, so because they led me to it in the first place. And so this is our source of information. It's very interesting also that Donald Trump right now is setting up a very similar system based on Cuba. Instead of one outlet, he's actually going to have seven outlets for information so that seven different people can uh, form their own opinion based on the facts. Uh, and that they're all digital media people in America. So people that have got a following, they will be given the information from within. So you'll have a choice of seven different, because we can all say the same thing, but in a different way. We can understand it in a different way. So the Q is becoming more modified now to give it more of, of a diverse, action I suppose is the word where they'll put out the information instead of just to one source they'll put it out to seven different sources um, it's a bit like TV channels instead of TV channels it will go out to these digital warriors as, uh, as Trump calls them uh, and I'm, I'm in contact with one of them right now that we're getting information from them as well as Cuba it's a lot easier to understand because it's not so uh, because there's not the risk of them being killed anymore like there was before. Well, when, now, we're saying, when we're saying they, Charlie, I'm, I'm being told there's a focus on sort of high up military bots that, that, are, that are exposing this information. And is, is, is this what, what it's claimed? Um, the, the gentleman I speak to, I've done an interview with, and I've recorded the whole thing, but I've been asked not to publish it just yet. He was a 
pilot for the CIA from 1977 to 1980. And when he found out that every week when they were going backwards and forwards to Asia, to America, when he found out they were transporting heroin and hashish at the time, he decided to leave because he, he wasn't comfortable with it. He decided to leave the CIA. But he was under the Official Secrets Act until 1999, 20 years. So in 1999, technically, he could have opened his mouth, but he realized that the Bushes, and then the Clintons, and then the Obamas were doing the same thing. So if he opened his mouth, he'd land up dead. Mm-hmm. And I was the first person that he spoke publicly to, and I have the recording, but I'm not allowed to use it as yet. He has to get permission to do so, because we covered a lot of areas that were incredible, absolutely incredible. Now, this man was a young man. He was 25 years old, 1977. He's now an old, a lot older man. But interestingly enough, Trump has gone to these people, and he's one of them, and he is one of the advisors to Trump on the CIA that's left. And these are the people that are working together behind the scenes, putting the information together for Q. Did you say they can't get public? Did you say Sorry? did you say it was the pilot that was working with Trump or, or another? He is now working with Trump. He's now Trump has gone to the people who left the CIA for unknown reasons were giving honourable discharge but obviously they, can't, they couldn't say anything there. and Trump has gone to all of those and got them all to find out what was actually going on in the CIA and he's got hard hard evidence because he's got people first hand that were involved but against their will or without knowing what they were transporting yeah so they've, they've been working with the Q organisations to put the put the information together. So yes, they're all military, nearly all military, all CIA operatives. Yeah, for anyone wishing to learn more about this, my my uh, friend Sean Atwood has written books oh, on this know. this drug smuggling that they did in the Iran. It was all the in, in, oh, interspliced oh, with the cool. Iran Contra affair, wasn't it? And the crack epi- epidemic. Sean in, Atwood's uh, which, doing really which well. Resulted Basically, they flooded America so much coke that coke lost its value. So they thought, right, how can we, you know, up up the stakes they are, let's turn it into crack cocaine, which they did, which then had this uh, kind of addiction epidemic. And then they all managed to blame it on one poor, is it? Yeah. The the guy whose name slips my mind now, he's got the, the... the nickname. They managed to blame the whole thing on on one guy on the drug side and uh, Colonel Oliver Escobar. Pablo Escobar. No, it's uh, Ricky Freeway. Okay. Something. It was the yeah. it was allegedly. He's a guy that I think he warehoused a lot of the coke when it arrived in America, and he okay. he arranged for it to be uh, you know trans uh, the chemist to turn it into crack basically. But of course, yeah. he's just one guy in a massive, you know, underground network. And as I said, they managed to like put all the blame on him, and he went off to prison for a number of years. And, and of course, Colonel Oliver North on, yeah. on 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 the on the government side. Um, but yes, yes. So going back to to, to Q, then yeah. Sorry, child. I didn't mean to. That's right. No, that's good. I, I love these chats because, you know, no disrespect. I, I, well, I won't say where I live, but I don't get to chat to fascinating people. No, 
you know, if I, well, I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't know anyone that I can have this sort of conversation with. It's all on the internet, Charlie, you know, and, and sure, that's what, this is why I started my, um, YouTube channel really is, is I wanted to have chats like this. So sorry if it sounds like I'm talking a lot, but. No, I love it. I, I, I loved watching you. I became aware of you, obviously, with the Robbie interview, and I just loved the chemistry of seeing two two men talk together with open hearts and honest honesty. And it's so refreshing against watching mainstream media to hear two people just talking. Because like, I used to love Piers Morgan, but the guy's got such a big mouth and talks over everybody. He's, he's more wrapped up in how wonderful he is and the narrative now, rather than letting anybody talk. Comes from a heart. Charlie, you know exactly. Well, I think that comes across. It comes across to everybody that it's pure, it's unedited, and it's real. And people, people are connecting with people like you and I because they're sick and tired of the bullshit. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah, and I've, I've had this saying for quite a while. It looks like shit and it smells like shit. <laughs> well, I got the shit part in there. Okay, so uh, we'll go to another taping here.